Welcome to the podcast where Mercury is always in retrograde. It's your boy, Aaron. And your other boy, Liz. <laughs> we're your hosts here, and we're back on our bullshit. Um, and today we are going to be talking about musicals? Was it musicals? Yeah, it was yes. musicals. We're talking about musicals, and we're so excited to have a very special guest on the cast, the first guest ever on this podcast. So you should be very honored. Um, and that guest is Heather. Welcome, What's Heather. Up? Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. This is like, I'm so honored. Um, and I'm really happy that you guys are talking about musicals. And um, I can't wait to not shut the fuck up for two hours. So, <laughs> Heather, do you know what a musical is? Heather, you um, know what musicals are? Fascinating. I, I, know, I, know, I know a little bit. I know a little bit. A little bit. As Jesus. there's a playbill literally taped to the wall behind you. Oh my god, there are two. <laughs> and there's not even, it's not even all of them. Um, I just put up the best ones. Oh, I love that. Excuse us. Jesus. Yeah. But your, your embroideries are on my wall too. <gasps> oh my so. god. For those of you who can't see... There are some beautiful embroideries done Who by Liz see? at threading <laughs> underscore in underscore wildflowers. Ooh, plugging my embroidery Instagram. Thank you, Erin. Heather, don't also, point out the logical fallacies I of my... What? Who can see? <laughs> Galaxy braining this. Like, <laughs> Jump into our um, Skype call, everyone. Thank you. Just to uh, gas myself up a little bit, there is going to be an Etsy store on its way. So... <gasps> Oh my god, that's so exciting. Oh my god. Yeah. Congrats, so, Liz. Thank you so, so much. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have a lot of embroideries just sitting around, and I'm like, Are you, you going to do it before Valentine's Day? You should. The Etsy shop? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think I was going to try and do it this week, so maybe next Monday, <laughs> next podcast, uh, an Etsy shop will exist. Who knows? Wow. Oh a new woman. Thank you. Yeah. 2020... I'm, I'm still on my bullshit, but with an Etsy store. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to be. Um, so we're talking about That's musicals fear. today. Sorry. Keep going. And um, I'll start this time because, first of all, I'm the most prepared because I actually give a shit. No, I'm you're sorry. not even gonna let you're not even gonna let our guests go first. I have no idea how to do she it. She doesn't so know just the keep format. Going. You I'm think a, she I'm listens a, to this shit? You think she I listens? Haven't. Come on. <laughs> I haven't yet. I have four collective brain cells. Throughout my entire day, and it has to last. So. <laughs> okay, Aaron, Heather, you you're go gonna first. pick this up so quick, and I'll start so that way we, you know, we're not putting all the pressure on you. Um, and also Liz started last time, so we, you know, vice versa it along here. But uh, the musical that I'm gonna be talking about today is Phantom of the Opera. <gasps> Are nice. y'all familiar? Oh my god, I really thought you were going to do cats, so... Ew! <laughs> Surprise. Wait, I have my no, you need cats, to, you we'll need to clarify that. Why the fuck did you think I was going to do cats? <laughs> I don't know, Aaron, I feel like you like cats, and I feel like you've talked about cats to... Well, not on the podcast, but, like, to me. Yeah, I have. And you also recommended that I read the T.S. Eliot poetry <laughs> book that Cats was based off of, and I literally did. It was my first book of 2020. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You and, actually did. Oh, my God. My heart is touched. Yeah, I loved it. It was really charming. It was really sweet. Um, right? It was racist. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, that's what. Because you know what? We started this call like talking about some logistics stuff, and I was like, oh, I need to preface this because it's kind of racist. But you, you know what? Actually, that's gonna be said about a lot of musicals. Let's be real. Honestly, yes. True. <clears throat> okay, um, yeah, I I'm a fan of the opera Stan. I love oh, Phantom of the oh. Opera. I'm so um, excited me, to talk about this. Me too. Today. But I have I have yet to seen the the Broadway show. I've only seen the um the movie with Queen Emmy Rossum. Yes, I, I'm obsessed. Oh I'm obsessed with her. Love her so much. Yeah. So um, Phantom of the Opera is uh, the longest running musical in on that's been on Broadway. Um, and I unfortunately have not seen it myself either. I have listened to the uh, soundtrack. I've watched the movie. I even read the book um, that it was based off of my from my love of Phantom. Um, and I it's it was my first time listening to a musical like score um, from my parents. Like they had seen the uh, musical themselves like they had gone on a date and watched it and it was like really romantic so that was like something that they had shared with us and it was really sweet um so that was my like first exposure to musicals and like since then like I still listen to it and I get chills like I literally get chills listening to it um literally masquerade it literally destroys my life every time I listen to it it is so good (laughs) when they play the masquerade reprise Reprise. How do you reprise. pronounce that, actually? Reprise, I think. Re- Excuse reprise. Me. No, I think it's reprise. <laughs> yes, we are three college-educated <laughs> women. <laughs> okay, but none of, us studied, none of us studied English. You were bio, I was talks, and Liz was graphic design. So you Photoshop. got a bunch of but we, losers. We all, we all took the St. John's core required two English classes. Did we not, ladies? No, I didn't, because I transferred in with two English credits, so I didn't have to. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I think that was I transferred really in with some question, credits, so I didn't have to <laughs> take all of that. But anyway, um, I had, um, like, whenever I hear the Masquerade, like, reprise play into any of, like, the so- other songs, like, it literally, like, gives me chills. It gives me chills. Um, so... So good. <laughs> I really, I really do be out here Millie rocking to masquerade. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You can't see, but Liz is furiously Millie rocking right now. <laughs> Arms are flapping in the breeze a thousand miles an hour. Just like Aaron's Literally. Um, I think that Phantom had probably messed me up for uh, in terms of like my idea of romance, but that's okay because oh. in the long run. <laughs> What do you what do you mean they don't have a wax figurine of me in a wedding gown? What do you mean? Oh my god. I, it's it oh Phantom is like a whole thing. So like what I love about this is that it's entirely like wild on every level. Um so the book that it's based off of, um and before I really get into how much I love it, like let me just say like as I mentioned earlier, it is kind of racist. <laughs> like, there are these problematic aspects to it, and they're, like, um, characters who are very much embodiments of, like, racist caricatures, like the Persian, specifically, uh, is one that comes to mind immediately. But um, also, like, Christine doesn't really have much uh, autonomy when it comes to her romantic interests and her situation, and her choices are really piss-poor between Raul and the Phantom. Um mm-hmm. 
Like, she's stuck in this scenario where she's, like, poor and kind of, like, coming from a terrible background, and now she's in this opera house that's, like, super haunted. (laughs) But, you know, all of that aside, I'm not going to be talking about all the problematic aspects of it. We're here to talk about what we're feral for. Um, And with that, I'm putting on my rose-colored glasses, and I'm going to pretend I don't see any of the red flags, you know what I mean? They just look like flags, baby. (laughs) So, um... <laughs> so, uh the original book by Gaston Leroux uh had a lot of um these characters and it, it I mean the musical stays pretty true to the story but uh, for anyone who doesn't know it's basically like Christine is a choir girl at this opera house that is supposedly haunted um and she ends up singing for the opera house in place of the um main girl and um, her former childhood best friend, Raul, sees her and is like, wow, I forgot how much I'm in love with you that I am, and tries to woo her while the Phantom, who is this disfigured person named Eric, um, who is haunting the opera, is like acting as her guardian angel and the angel of music and training her. Um, and it spirals into this whole thing where like it becomes this love triangle between the three of them. His um, name is Eric. His name is Eric. Yeah. Yeah, I I did not know that. <laughs> this is news to me. Is it? Oh. Yeah, they, they talk about it in the movie. <laughs> it in the book, yeah, but I don't know. No, in the, no, the movie. I asked about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about the book, ma'am. So if you could stay on curriculum, I'd really appreciate it. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm coming for Liz's neck. Yikes, yeah, literally coming for my neck. We're not not even 15 minutes into this call and you're <laughs> Listen, I hands are after on my throat. I'm, I'm driving the fucking vehicle right now and I don't have a license. So, on to the next <laughs> point. <laughs> what I love about the book is that the author opens the story to be like so this is based off of the Paris House Opera, where they were apparently, like, haunted by an apparition that would, like, haunt the opera house, and, like, a chandelier actually did fall, and they were like, there's a phantom here. And he goes, I want everyone to know, like, this story is based off of him because he's real. He is real. Oh, my God. He lives a real life. Is the phantom of the opera a cryptid? (laughs) (laughs) Was phantom, was Eric a cryptid? Like, does Eric count as a cryptid? Back to episode one, baby... Um, but, uh, it was really great, um, in terms of, like, it was, like, epic and a mystery and whatever, um, and then Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, this hits all of my (laughs) marks. He was like, I can put a soprano in there and just fucking go hog wild. I can put in some rock shit and I'm gonna mix a fucking organ playing with a harpist chord and also a bass line because you know what i can do whatever the fuck i want i'm fucking andrew lloyd weber bitch what are y'all gonna do okay but he kind of snapped he fucking snapped he really did he really did it was it's just an incredible experience like the combination of musical genre mixing with the like lyricism of it all and also i like the fact that like they had really taken the almost like greek mythology um that the original story was probably based off of like cupid and psyche who had like where this like dark mysterious figure like 
kidnaps but kind of saves the girl from like these unfortunate circumstances but then she unmasks him and it like is this whole betrayal of being like seen and perceived but she doesn't actually think it's all that so like it's a lot of um that involved but i think that like what he did was really create this like cultural phenomenon um, from a story that no one really liked. Like, Phantom of the Opera was, like, a story that the novel didn't sell well when it first came out. And the, um, <clears throat> and all the, uh, adaptations of it were, like, pretty good, but not really, like, as widely received. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber went off, and everyone now, like, loves it. It's, like, insane. There's the sequel, there's just, like, all kinds of shit that's happening, and it's still something that's so pertinent and still so pervasive through our culture, and I think that there's a surprising amount of fandom of references that people use that are just very subtly, like, imbued into our culture, and I think it's changed the way that, like, Broadway and the way that like Broadway can affect popular culture because it's not really like Broadway is almost like kind of inaccessible but also like very widely um like sought after and it's still like a very popular medium so there's that like balance that's struck and I think that like Andrew Lloyd Webber had is like one of the keystones to that like it's undeniable that Phantom and his work in general has like played a big part in all of that if that makes sense no, totally. I, yeah, I mean, Phantom of the Opera, to me, was, like, my parents, my mom also was, like, absolutely feral for it, so, like, we, Aww. I watched the movie when I probably was, like, way too young to watch the movie and to, like, understand, like, what was going on, <laughs> um, and, like, now I'm sure if I watch it now, I'm gonna be, like, oh, yikes, this is not good, but whatever. Um, music, music slaps, we always had that playing, like, in my mom's minivan, like, we were obsessed with it. Um, my best friend in elementary school, her mother was absolutely feral for Phantom of the Opera. That was literally all we listened to whenever she was, like, driving us places. Mm-hmm. Um, it was constantly on in her house. Like, I, I was no escaping, literally no escaping. <laughs> it's uh, everywhere. Yeah. And I, I remember, like, I think it was high school, end of middle school, beginning of high school, but, like, all my friends were absolutely feral with getting Broadway tickets. Like everyone was like, we have to go see family opera. My, the same friend from elementary school literally went to go see it like seven times. Oh my, oh God. my God. I'm jealous. I want to see it so badly, but I'm I want to see it too. So what <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, Phantom has such a warm place in my heart, but in, like, such a weird way, and I still have this, like, romantic attachment to it, if that makes sense, (laughs) and I know that's super problematic, but that's on me, so. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I, you know what, I've, like, as I've gotten older, I, like, sympathize with Christine in a lot of ways, and I really, really, really start to like uh, Raul and Christine's, like, love, and I, like, love how much they are like supportive of each other um and like she um like in in the actual song um all i ask of you like i start to really like it more and more as i get older but every single time i end up like listening to uh down once more which is the part where eric the phantom is like 
singing with Christine and giving Christine the ultimatum and all of that, the more, like, I still end up sympathizing with the Phantom. And I know that's, like, super problematic of me, but I, like, can't help it. I always am, like, if he is also a victim of circumstance, even though he's a shitty person for it, like, yeah. he was in a He was in a circus when he was a baby because he was disfigured, like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean you're I, you're literally conditioned to feel bad for him. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, that's true. Um. Anyway, all I ask of you is an absolute banger. Yeah. Okay. Are we not going to talk about Think of Me? Think of Me. <laughs> it's so good. The whole, the whole, the every song is just so good. Like yeah. every song is really so good. Andrew Lloyd Webber literally has us all in a chokehold and we are <laughs> slaves to him. That's all I have to say. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You said it. Um, should we talk about Gerard Butler as the Phantom? In the <laughs> okay, movie? I'm laughing because the whole time Aaron was talking about him, or talking about <laughs> her bit on um, Phantom of the Opera, I could not remember this man's name and I just kept thinking Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no. no, that's not. That ain't it. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, yeah, Gerard Butler. Wasn't he also in, in the movie um, version of Les Mis? Is that him? No, no. that's Russell Crowe. <laughs> really mixing up our white men anyway, here. Sorry, I couldn't get the white men figured out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like those two are like white men that look very they like look the same (laughs) you know there's like there's like strands of white men that all look the same like i cannot for the life of me they they literally look like pugs no like adam sandler (laughs) ben stiller and steve carell are all the same person to me (laughs) (laughs) after uncut gems i can see adam sandler in an entirely new light i saw it twice i adam sandler is probably my least favorite out of all of them you clearly have not seen Uncut Gems. So. I have not. That's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, anyway. Um, so also, sorry. I, I was just going to make a point that I think Gerard Butler as a fan of the opera and like the way that he is the Phantom and also like his singing voice mm-hmm. is very akin to um, what's his face in Mamma Mia. What is that guy's name? Pierce Brosnan. Oh my god. Pierce Brosnan can't sing for shit, but he just like puts so much of his heart and soul into it that it's like good, and I feel like it's kind of the same. I don't <laughs> I don't like, listen to here? the movie version of the soundtrack. I listen to the uh, actual Broadway one because I have some sense of culture. I am completely uncultured. Um, <laughs> I prefer the Walmart version to the uh, Oh, my God. To the Aaron, do you have – I don't know how into it you are, but do you have opinions on the different actors that play uh, Christine and the Phantom, or are you not that deep into it? Um, I don't like getting into that kind of stuff. Like, it just – I don't really have – that kind of preference on that. I know that's, like, super controversial, but I think my thing is that, like, because my understanding of the musical comes from a place where I have treated the book as a real source of 
the actual material um, that like it feels like all of them are interpretations of an already existing body of work and that because that body of work is a book um, with its own kind of deeper characterizations deeper uh, characters and like its own plot um, it feels very much like none of them will ever amount to that so I guess that's why in terms of Phantom I don't feel that kind of like care for it and also because um when I was growing up and listening to it my parents would intermix the soundtracks all the time that I mm. they kind of used in my head a little bit so I, I really can't sometimes I can't differentiate between them <laughs> okay valid <laughs> like sometimes the versions will just kind of mind meld in my own head and it oh. just like none of it sounds like the way I grew up with it but that's just because like they would always like shuffle it I guess just to like fuck with my little tiny pea brain and be like this is gonna fuck her up yes oh god I'm gonna do that to my kids but um I'm gonna wreck their vocabulary DJ to traumatize those babies am I right yep I'm gonna so here, my plan is to teach them the wrong words for things I hate, this. I, I hate this. You know what? I didn't even know we were having babies in this economy. <gasps> Honest to God, we probably won't because the world will end before the, we oh, get to that. Anyway, so. that's the next podcast episode. <laughs> having kids? Warping. Stop, yes or no. stop deciding what our next podcast episodes are You for a bit, okay? This isn't funny. It's not being funny. People are going to start um, having expectations. Uh, <laughs> No one's ever going to expect anything from this. Let's be real. Literally burning trash pandas on this podcast. Um, the literal dumpster fire. Yeah, speaking of dumpster that. fire, um, I forgot to pose the question that I had come up with. So, Heather, we usually pose a question before we actually go into what we are going to talk about. So that way we can oh. seek to answer that question as we go through our topics. Um, and... Like I said, I'm the most prepared. So the question that I came up with, um, <laughs> what is the title of our Franken musical? Because we're going to mix all of our musicals together into a Frankenstein monster kind of thing. And uh, what Tony would it win? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with that question. <laughs> so we have Phantom on board. And uh, who would like to go next? Heather, would you like to go or Liz? Liz, go. Who's going to take the first fucking bullet? Okay, I'll go. I'm going. <laughs> okay, um, so I, I've definitely mentioned this before on, I think, the last episode of the podcast um, in reference to our Lord and Savior, Leah Michelle. <laughs> um, but my, the musical that I'm going to be talking about is called Spring Awakening. I yep. fucking knew it. I knew it. Uh, everyone could see it coming from 10 miles away. <laughs> We know that <laughs> I can't like anything in moderation, and this is the this is one of them. <laughs> um, does anyone know what this is about? You had mentioned um, specifically isn't it teen angst and sex. It's literally just a bunch of German teenagers, horny, uh, literally horny German teenagers, horny, yeah. horny yep. as shit. Yep, everyone in this musical is horny. <laughs> There's not one soul that is not horny. Oh, my God. Um, so, essentially, it's, yeah, it's just a bunch of German teenagers that are, like, coming into their sexuality and, like, growing up and, like, learning about 
sex and being like, what is going on with my body and mind? And I'm confused. Um, and so there's about 5,000 characters. So I figured I would talk about mm, like seven of them so that we can get a general understanding of what the plot is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start off with our queen, Wendla, who is played by Leah Michelle when the show was on Broadway. Um, <clears throat> she's this like virginal character. She is completely babied. She is the youngest in this family. Um, she literally doesn't understand anything. She's like just kind of going through puberty and like growing into her body and like the opening scene of the musical is her like coming out in this like very very short dress and she's like I put on this dress that I found in my closet and her mother's like you need to cover up because now you have legs and also (laughs) titties opposed to when you were a baby and and had no legs (laughs) exactly you got yitties and legs that's all you got (laughs) (laughs) exactly um so she like still thinks her sister's baby like comes from a stork and shit so there's there's her um and then the male protagonist's name is melchior who is this like strong-willed dude and like the only plot point that he's like relevant for is that he ends up kind of raping wendla and, like, gets her pregnant, which kind of sucks. But he, he's, the only, he's the only one who survives, essentially, is also relevant. Wow, okay, I actually had no idea. Uh, um, I had no idea what Spring Awakening was about. Um, ooh. Yes, it's, it's deep. It's emo. It's horny. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Um, I didn't know they had also, all these whack ass names. <laughs> they're German. They're German. Yeah, I stand by what I said. Whack. <laughs> Don't be racist. I think you mean vac. Heather, you're permanently you're perma banned from this uh, from this podcast from here on out. <laughs> no, so say your, say your well wishes. <laughs> Liz, are you German? Is this why I you like German. it so much? Are you, Are you German, like, Liz? This is part of your roots. <laughs> is this your heritage, being horny? <gasps> oh my god, stop. <laughs> Don't talk about me like that. Is this German culture just sex and death? <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. And maybe uh, some sausages in between. <laughs> sausages and potatoes. <laughs> Y'all got that uh, big-ass pretzel or whatever? You got beer <laughs> and a uh, boot? Some Some beers or whatever. October is the only relevant. We are dead ass being so racist. <laughs> what? I know. I know nothing about German culture. I'm so sorry to any potential Germans that may be listening to this. <laughs> Thanks, Heather. That's like our lead demographic. Scared them all away. Germans who care about our niche interests. How are you going to talk about seven German characters that I'm supposed to care about? Because the music slaps. Okay. Uh, there's so okay. So going back, there's a Wendla has a couple friends. Um, they're also naive, and one of them is uh, getting beat and raped by her father. So there's that. Um, <clears throat> Melchior's friend Moritz uh, 
is having throughout the whole musical he's having these erotic dreams about his piano teacher like dreaming about this woman's yiddies and is like what is, hap- <laughs> what is happening with me yeah and her legs <laughs> wishy grew during puberty <laughs> um, and he ends up failing his exams and um he's like begging for his school teacher who is Melchior's mother to please pass him so that he's not a failure and so that his father doesn't disown him but Melchior's mother is like sorry no can do and he ends up killing himself which is sad oh and my God. Uh, yeah but there are two characters who are gay Mm-hmm. Which is great. Liz, and there's this, a line... this kind of emotional like whiplash that you're giving me right now is insane. Yeah, it's really I feel like up. I'm at fucking Six Flags, baby. Stop. <laughs> I'm a scrambler getting tossed around. Deadass. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad, but the music is really good. Um, what time period does this take place in? Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, great. <laughs> Hang on, I have the wiki up. Uh, <laughs> it's based on the 1891 German play Spring Awakening. Oh, okay. Which I read, and it was boring. So okay. I like the musical better. So it's like, it th- that explains some of the, like, kind of older-fashioned, I guess, ideas of, like, sexuality and why they're confused because there's no fucking google to be like why is my dick hard oh yeah exactly i should have i probably should have prefaced that going into this because it's y'all are probably sitting here going oh this is a 20th 21st century musical about these (laughs) german youths who (laughs) have no idea what sex is like in Uh, some kind of secluded ass German village who somehow doesn't have internet connection and I'm imagining them all going through this puberty and confusing time going like what the fuck is a Google? Why is everyone telling me to Google shit? Uh, yeah, so like Wendla isn't even in school because women can't go to school. So <gasps> oh, oh, this is the kind of time period that we're talking and oh wow, my entire, yep. I gotta shift, I gotta shift focus man holy shit <laughs> Exactly. So that's why everyone is like naive and confused and scared. Doesn't dismiss and the rape though. No, it doesn't. So at the end, at the end of the musical, so the whole musical is them going, pretty much going, what is going on? I'm so confused. Wendla and Melchior are falling in love, and then they end up. He ends up kind of forcing himself onto her and raping her in this barn, and Jesus. that's the end of Act One, which was kind of jarring so so i saw this at my community theater um in the 10th grade 10th or 11th grade and my mom bought me tickets for my birthday (laughs) (laughs) and she was like she was like i got tickets to the play at this like community theater like i'm so excited it's gonna be you me and my high school best friend taylor and we're gonna go so i was hype i was like this is great and like i kind of i kind of prefaced taylor on it i was like okay yeah like it's kind of heavy and like here's the music and like this is kind of what happens but my mother had no idea what it was about going in (laughs) and we went to this 
community theater and watch this musical. And at the end of Act One, Melchior literally rips Wendell's dress off of her and rapes her on on stage. Um, and it ended, and my mother was like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the content you're consuming." Uh huh. Is everything all right, Liz? And I was everything like, "Everything okay yeah, in there? In that head yeah, of but yours?" The music slaps. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so in Act 2, that's when everyone pretty much dies, and Wendell finds out that she's pregnant, and her mother takes her to this, like, back village alley, and she goes to get an abortion, and ends up dying, because abortion isn't a thing, it's essentially just, like, a coat hanger abortion, Uh... and she ends up dying, and Melchior finds out, and he's like, my best friend is dead. My girl is dead. I can't believe that this is my life. All because they just want to have some sex. All because there is no sex education. So the moral of this musical is that uh, teach your children about sex. Thank you. That's actually a really great lesson. Um, what a wild fucking musical that you went with. Liz, I was like thinking about all the possible musicals that you would have gone with, and I was like, I'm not going to talk about a couple of them because I worry that our choices would overlap a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you went in the complete opposite direction and <laughs> went with this wild shit. I was like so convinced you were going to talk about um... Into the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> I do I, love I Into know. the Woods. I thought you were going to talk about Mamma Mia. I don't know why. Oh, I oh. didn't even consider Mamma Mia as an option, to be honest. Yeah, ma'am. I stand Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia is my entire life. It's cute. It's cute. Look at her. Music snob. Musical snob. <laughs> Look at her. I like I like Mamma Mia, but it's not my favorite. I think that, like, we have to preface Liz... I'm sorry, Heather. In saying that, Heather has seen so many and knows a lot about musicals and is, like, our local expert on musical <laughs> content and musical things. Not and, really. like, if I ever get into something with a musical, like, I know the first person that I would ever turn to is Heather. Oh, absolutely. she just knows Same. everything, and, like, I feel like she's always on top of things, no matter what it is. Like, even if it's something that she's, like, only slightly remotely interested in, she'll already be on the know about everything that there is to know about it. So I'm very curious to see what you would come up with. And I know that you said you didn't prepare much, but I was like, Heather doesn't need to prepare. She's got she's got her fucking brain. That already is packed full of like musical Galaxy knowledge. Like brain bitch. Wikipedia yes. wishes what? that she was Heather. <laughs> Literally. Sorry, I have to say about that. That's so funny. Well I'll finish my portion of this podcast by saying my two favorite songs off from this musical are titled The Bitch of Living, which Ooh, relatable and totally fucked. Both good songs. These are which some is slapping also ass names. Honestly, so No, the music I, is really good. The music is really good. The music is written by this dude named Duncan Sheik, who was like a actual massive staple in my childhood growing up. Like my dad constantly had his shit on. Um oh, wow. he's like a nineties alternative rock icon I guess mm-hmm. he has like one really big hit that was super huge um, mm-hmm. and yeah so he wrote the musical or he wrote the music 
for this musical, which is a big reason why I had gotten so into it because I really, really still love him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he also wrote music for uh, American Psycho, the musical, which oh, I nice. know absolutely nothing about, but I'm sure <laughs> I didn't do that well. <laughs> yeah, but, I, uh, I knew that. There are some pretty <laughs> hardcore fans. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those yeah those those names slap. Um, and what a, uh, like, it, it has such a bright name, but it is so dark. Holy shit. What the it fuck? really is. It's really intense. <clears throat> That's wild. I didn't know, also, I mean, I didn't know anything about it other than horny, so. <laughs> horny and sad. <laughs> horny, sad, very tragic. Um, Heather, I hope you didn't bring a tragedy, because fandom is technically a tragedy, <laughs> I mean, Blaze yeah, just brought us a real sad a story. Well, so. I I couldn't really choose which one to talk about. So, I don't know. I'm going to just pick one and roll with it. But I think you guys know. Um, Can I guess? <laughs> Can I guess? No. Um, yes. Hades Hound? Hades Hound. Yes, bitch! How did we know? How did we know? <laughs> it was either that or Beetlejuice. No, I love Beetlejuice, but I wasn't going to talk about it. Um, it was either it was either Hades Town or the Prom. Oh, oh yeah. right. Yeah, we love the gays. Um, the gays stay winning. Yes, but I decided to talk about Hades Town because I think there's more material mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about. Um. Anyway, oh, is it my turn? Are you are you done? Are you done, Liz? Yeah, I was just going to say that it was revised in. 2015 with deaf singers, which I thought was fun and interesting. What? Oh. That's yeah, it was wild. a lot of, like, it's really great. A lot of sign language. Uh, I wish I had seen it, but I didn't because I saw that it was deaf people, and I was like, that can't oh be. Oh my god, you said, the whole time I thought you said death, like heavy metal. <laughs> no. I, so death thinking, metal? Okay, this whole whole musical being done in like screamo <laughs> I just misheard you and then when you said sign language i was like oh oh you mean <laughs> like accessibility yeah. not like exactly. an entire genre shift oh, i hate myself <laughs> well, i i hate myself because i was like i'm not gonna see it meanwhile it's like <laughs> why am i ableist <laughs> Now I God. want someone to actually make a death metal remix, uh, like remake of of Spring, Spring Awakening. <laughs> okay, I'd pay to see that, even though I've never seen Spring Awakening. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway, now I'm done. Thank you. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna talk about. Hades Town and why I love it so much and why it's a fucking masterpiece and um, it's fairly new kind of in terms of um, being on Broadway uh, premiered last April um, not premiered opened sorry wrong terminology get it right um, Ugh, Heather <laughs> Jesus come on we're professionals here <laughs> God sorry um, so. Hades Town, I first heard about um, because one of the uh, 
main actresses in it, Eva Noblezada. I love you. Marry me. Thanks. Um, <laughs> literally obsessed with her. Um, and I first heard about her on um, Instagram when on my Explore page, there was a clip of Miss the Miss Saigon revival that she was a part of. I um, came across a clip of her and the original queen, Leia Salonga, singing a song together. And um, Eva played um, uh, Kim, who Leia originally played in the original production of Miss Saigon. And um, speaking of Miss Saigon, it's also really great. Y'all should check it out. Great musical, super sad. Kind of, uh, anyway, a little problematic, but anyway. A um, little. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really don't like Miss Saigon, but that's just me. Um, I don't know what it the is. Music, the, the music kind of slaps. The story is <sighs> very white savior-ish. But, oh, um, that. yeah. The music's great. Um, anyway... So I came across this video of um, Leia Salonga and Eva Noblezada singing, and I was like, um, she is great. Uh, I'm in love with her. I need more content. So um, <laughs> literally because um, we only hyperfixate around here, Hell spiraled yeah. on. <laughs> we literally started spiraled. a podcast because we can't stop hyperfixating. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, this um, is a safe space. Thank you so much. Um, anyway, went down a YouTube spiral of, um, Eva content and, Ooh, love those. like, a social media spiral of hers and mm-hmm. saw that she was involved. And I, like, honestly regretting never seeing her in Miss Saigon when it was in New York because I wasn't really a Broadway stan yet. And, um, anyway. Oh, shit. Whatever. We'll I didn't realize that, that you weren't I'm, born I'm, a Broadway stan. But then I think about it and I'm like, oh, yeah, this was actually recent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, like, in the last, like, year or two. Yeah, um, really. <laughs> um, I've always liked musicals, but I became I became obsessed, like, in, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, saw that she was involved in this production called Town, and I was like, okay, like, what is this? Looked into it a little bit, and she had done, they were doing a production in um, the West End, which is, like, the London's version of Broadway, and, um looked into it a little bit i didn't really know much i just knew that uh whenever it transfers to broadway i'm gonna go see it just because she's in it and um i don't know i'm trash for any leading woman on broadway so (laughs) naturally it was happening and um transfers to broadway um i do a little research and for anybody who's into like greek myths it's based on the story of orpheus and eurydice um and they incorporate like a lot of like subtle not really actually it's not so subtle but they incorporate a lot of um political themes into it like there's literally a song called why we build the wall um yeah Yeah. it's it's good and um hades who's uh the king of like hell i guess is like this like capitalist like disgusting capitalist asshole who just like exploits uh anyone and everyone around him and um played by a white man it's great um and <laughs> I love Hades Town, um, so I'm glad that you're talking about it. Wait, when did you get into Hades Town? I didn't know you what were. What are into you talking it. about? I just <laughs> <laughs> wait. In all my rambling, <laughs> I didn't know you were also into it. Yes, of course I am. It's Greek mythology, ma'am. It checks off all of my boxes. Ma'am, true. 
True. Anyway, for those who aren't aware of the story of Orpheus and Eurydice, I mean, you know, I'll get into it. They, um, yeah, please fool me because I don't know anything. Okay, wait, I got, I lost track. I just want to talk about my history with Hades Town first, and then I'll talk yeah, about the yeah, plot yeah. of Hades Town. Okay, okay, yeah, okay yeah. so, so. Anyway, I was transferring to Broadway, and I was like, gotta go see my wife, Eva. Um, <laughs> we need to go. So, um, me and my friend Katie, shout out Katie, I will be forcing her to listen to this. Um, yeah. My friend, who is also Broadway obsessed, I was like, we gotta go see Eva in Hadestown. And she was like, fuck yeah, because she's sensible and recognizes talent when she sees it. <laughs> and, um, yes. And so it uh, transfers to Broadway and they're in previews. And for those of you who don't know what previews are, it's basically like uh, a few weeks in a Broadway production when they're tweaking like a show before I guess they go into like before they lock everything down um, on opening night and they can't make any more like tweaks and changes. Um, So transfers to Broadway, they're in previews. My friend Katie, like, FaceTimes me, like, without an appointment. So I'm like, what's up? An appointment. <laughs> Just better be good. Yes, because I only have, like, I don't know, maybe four people in my life who can FaceTime me without an appointment. And <laughs> <laughs> so she FaceTimes me, and I don't know, like, and I'm like, what's up? And she's like, what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, I don't know, working. She's like, okay, what are you doing tomorrow? Like, in the afternoon, I was like, uh, nothing. She was like, all right, you got 50 bucks? I'm like, yeah, what am I, what are we blowing this on? She's like, want to see Hades Town? I was like, <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, say that again, because ticket, it was such, like, a, like, one of the most highly, like, anticipated shows this, yeah. that, this last year. And so I was like, how did you get tickets? She's like, I won the lottery. Now oh my kiss my feet. I was like, okay, I oh. will suck on your feet, Katie stop, Gardella. Stop, 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 I will stop, do stop. this. Enough, enough. And sorry, didn't mean to drop her full name, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, just the fact that. <laughs> no, it's not that. Oh, Heather, that's you focused on the wrong part of that. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and, you're talking about um, sucking toes on that podcast <laughs> and then you go oh sorry I dropped her last name no <laughs> so anyway I was like yes I will drop the $50 that I probably didn't have at the moment to go <sighs> see Hangtown and um, literally we went and we got like orchestra like 10th row seats it was fucking amazing oh my god 50 dollars yeah literally Hades Town. and i had no idea what any of the music sounded like um because uh there were like a few different cast recordings like and like concept albums before the the broadway version yeah because this musical had been worked on literally since like like in middle 2000s or something like that like yeah it's didn't it go through so a long for good number of changes with like the arrangement of the songs and they even mm-hmm. added a song pretty last minute yeah yeah truly um so it's this show has been like a work in progress for literally so long mm-hmm. and but i didn't want to listen to any of it because i didn't want like any spoilers not spoilers it's fucking greekness but like yeah. i didn't want to go into it with any type of like bias or any type of like expectations mm-hmm. and so 
I went in not knowing anything. I didn't even really, I wasn't even super familiar with the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Like, I, I, I knew kind of, like, what happens, but mm-hmm. I, you know, wasn't super familiar. Um, and I went in, and it was fucking amazing. And my asshole fell out every time Eva hit a high note, so... Oh. God, Heather. Heather. Um, you know, I know you. I know that we said that you could cuss on this show, but I actually take it back. Only Liz and I can cuss on this show. You got to keep it PG. You just need to stop saying these, these things. I'm so sorry. I do. Hello to everyone on their morning commute. To Welcome to this hellish landscape I'm so that we've sorry. created. To, to, in your to ears. those who don't know me. Anyway, this you can just edit that Heather. part out. <laughs> I'm not editing shit. Oh my god. Oh but god. Anyway, you... I can't promote this. I can't promote this. I yes, can't you like can. spread my atrocity you... to other people. Um <laughs> But you saw it. That's exciting. That's amazing. And, and like, you yeah, said you really didn't good. get a lot of uh spoilers for it. So like I mean, what was your initial reaction to that? Well, I I knew the big spoiler at the end, but um, okay. I'll talk about it right now because it's a Greek myth. Like y'all can Google it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I explain I the know. Greek myth that it was based on. I, I am. Yeah. Hello. I am I'm right stupid. Now. <laughs> Do you want? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So Orpheus, um, Aaron, you can chime in anytime because I am not eloquent at all whatsoever. That's not but, true. But um, oh, thanks so Stop much. Stop trying to make feel better. Are we, are we going to start crying? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Um, <laughs> I will cry. So, <laughs> Me too. Anyway, Orpheus and Eurydice, they are um, these two uh, lovers. Basically, Orpheus, is, what is he? Is he a demigod? Is he a, like, I don't know. He has these, like, magical powers that, like, his, like, singing and, like, uh, what does he play? The lyre. Yeah. Makes, like. Yeah, you got it. What does it do? Yeah, kind of just like he's makes, just like super talented. It, it, like changes shit. Yeah, and it um, but in Hades Town, basically, um, Orpheus is just like this little you know poor boy who can sing and play in the musical the guitar really well, and Eurydice is like this poor girl, literally homeless, um, starving, is like fending for herself in this like shitty ass world. So the musical focuses on Orpheus and Eurydice and also this other couple, Hades and Persephone. Hades is like king of the underworld, um, literally like shitty human. Um, and he is married to Persephone, who is, what is she like? The goddess of, god spring. Of, goddess of spring. And so in order for, I think Hades, like, had this deal with Persephone's, like, mom, I think. Um, <laughs> You're getting the... Okay, so the... <laughs> am, I, am I fucking this up? I'm sorry. So the original myth is that <laughs> Hades... Aaron uh, <laughs> Hades has, had actually kidnapped Persephone and tricked her into eating six pomegranate seeds while she was in uh, his realm. And due to the laws of the realms of Hades... Um, and, you know, the agreement that they have with uh, Olympus, it goes that because she had eaten 
the six pomegranate seeds for six months out of the year, she needs to spend time with her husband, Hades. And uh, for that reason, winter exists. Her being the goddess of spring, whenever she comes back, her mother, Demeter, uh, the goddess of bounty and harvest, celebrates. um, And in their joyous reunion every year, um, you know, a bountiful harvest is bound to come, you know, warm weather, all of that. Um, but their marriage is oftentimes uh, depicted in modern retellings as like a very strained relationship um, because it's implied that like he kidnapped her and, and coerced her. And, you know, the, the most popular paintings and depictions of it, you know, it's the story of the rape of Persephone. Um, mm-hmm. And then the story of uh, Orpheus and Eurydice. Uh, Eur- Eurydice. Eurydice. Sorry, I go by the original Latin. Um. <laughs> oh. We are talking about the musical here? Yes, I understand. But the myth that it's based off of is basically Orpheus, this very talented musician. Um, him and uh, Eurydice, Eurydice fall in love, but she dies and is sent to the underworld. And he, in all of his musical talent, creates a song, um, you know, to mourn his love and the gods being merciful and hearing his wonderful song and loving everything that he's doing. Um, they give him a chance. They um, send him down into um, Hades' realm where he pleads with Hades and Persephone um, to bring back uh, his love, Eurydice. Eurydice and um, they agree on the pretense that he doesn't turn around um, until he gets out of Hades' realm. Um, he can't hear her because she's actually what the Greeks call a shade, um, in which she's like a spirit that dwells in the underworld, so she doesn't actually uh, embody a physical form, so he can't hear her behind him. Um, do I spoil it? I'm going to I'm going to spoil it. So what happens is because he can't hear her, he at the very end of his journey out of Hades's realm um doubts her being behind him and doubts the king of the underworld. So he turns around and she um fades away because he broke he like didn't trust that Hades would actually keep his end of the deal and he didn't trust that she was uh following behind him and he loses her forever. Um, cause no one, um, the gods all agree that no human can go to Hades realm twice and survive. Um, or, or like no human should um, be able to do that. It's implied that after, um, he is separated from Eurydice for the last time, um, he ends up actually becoming, um, immortalized, uh, for his musical talent. And like, um, he's oftentimes depicted with his music and you know he becomes amused to a lot of people so and i think that's actually what ends up happening to him but you know obviously being it being a myth there's a lot of different um interpretations of the story as as it progressed and you know according to the different um interpretations and retellings that had happened but that's that's all the like myth background but obviously this is a modern uh, semi-modern retelling yeah the the musical is super different yeah Um, yeah 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 I mean the the main like points of that myth they keep, but they um, change around a lot of stuff. And I yeah, think it's but they really also cool. pay homage in a lot of ways, which I really like. Like mm. a lot of references to the sim- symbolism of the mm-hmm. characters. Um, 
Like, and it makes sense that Hades being retold in a modern setting, um, you know, he is kind of like a greedy capitalist because, like, he's literally the god of money. Like, that's that's literally his other title as a Greek god. So, you know, I think that they were really smart about the interpretations of the myths. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of political stuff that gets embedded in there, but I think it's really smartly woven together. But I, I don't want to mm-hmm. derail from your your talking points on this. It's okay. Um, you uh, put it into way better words than I would have. Um I know, like, seven words total, probably. I would have been like, it's great, it's smart. Um, anyway, um, no, it's it's so, so good, and the music is amazing. The, the like, lyrics, and it's a it's a it's one of those, like, sung-through musicals, so the Broadway soundtrack is the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, so, highly suggest everybody go listen to it. Um, the, like, musical arrangements... <laughs> fucking amazing the horns in this the violins go off they really snapped um (laughs) (laughs) um you've only seen this once heather yes i've only seen it once but i've uh listened to the soundtrack a million times and um seen a lot of clips and stuff um but what was i gonna say oh the like previous um uh, versions of it, I think also really good, but not like my favorite just because I am, uh, biased towards favoring Eva's <laughs> voice right, and her right. interpretations. And, um, um, so yeah, I think it's really great. And like, I think it deserved every Tony it got, um, which I think they got uh, eight, and they were nominated for like twelve or some shit like that. It was um, hot. Yeah, amazing. Um, set design, fucking phenomenal. Lighting design, fucking like ooh, all of it, all of it. Like truly, this show is so so good. Like, if you can drop the money to go see it, highly highly recommend. Just once, just once. Um, but Aaron, want to go? How are we going to go? <laughs> I know, we're both poor. <laughs> I don't know, Dead tax out. returns about a hit, aren't they? <laughs> Bro, I still got to do my it. taxes. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we're all anyway, responsible adults. It's also one of the few, if not only, I don't want to like say anything wrong, but I know it's one of the few shows on Broadway right now that has an all like women creative team. Um, oh really that's amazing uh female director female uh uh writer um i don't know how to say her name anais anais mitchell she's like hades town is born out of it's her brainchild and um yeah i didn't know it's all women though that's wild yeah she's um anais mitchell she's this um like singer-songwriter um i don't know how she like started this but um i know like the first ever like kind of production if they even like called it that but like first like adaptation of it started in vermont like way back like 2000 something and it like is like such a small tiny scale version of what it is now Mm -hmm. and um but yeah like they they just kept like fine-tuning everything and the 
like truly it's so good mm-hmm. um the uh also what i liked in the um uh broadway adaptation they use uh hermes as a uh, narrator through the story so he is like kind of involved in the story because he interacts a lot with Orpheus and like kind of guides him and he uh, breaks the fourth, like the musical breaks the fourth wall kind of a lot to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, interact with the audience. Um, And it's so good. It's, um, and also I think different from the myth or like, you know, what you were saying, uh, Orpheus basically snuck his way into the under, into Hades's, um, I guess Hades town or Hades realm mm-hmm. and um, to get Eurydice back. And I think in this telling, like a lot of people kind of interpret this as like Ugh, Orpheus ain't shit because they kind of um, introduce like the, you know, like the subtext of like climate change a lot in this, in this version of it. Yeah. Um, in that, like um, in some of the lyrics, you know, when Persephone is up, spring is happening everybody's happy um you know the weather's good they reference a lot of like hades coming too early to pick her up and so like the winters are longer the you know springs are shorter and that's how they kind of introduce climate change in there and um orpheus uh is working on this song to fix the world and to fix everything so that things can go back to how they were and so you know, he meets Eurydice, they fall in love, but he's so focused on fixing the world and doing the song and perfecting the song that he doesn't notice Eurydice, like, dying and making a deal with Hades. She, yeah. Eurydice basically chose uh, security over freedom, and, um, you know, Orpheus is like, oh my god, where's my wife? Um, Hermes is like, listen, there's a back way in, like... If you can get in and get her out, like, you know, you do you, but uh, it's risky. And he's like, I'll do anything for her once she realizes she's gone. And um, he goes and he, um, like, meets Hades and he's like, you think I'm going to let anyone out of here? Like, it'll make it'll make me look so weak to everybody. Like, how dare you? And Persephone softens him up and is like come on like he loves her like please and um so then obviously you know Hades makes the deal with Orpheus and uh, Orpheus being the doubtful man he is you know turns around at the end Ugh. the way they do it in the show also is so good like the, the actual um uh what's it called I guess choreography or like stage uh I don't know, what do you call it? Like, how they do it. Basically, the stage is set up, like, there, um, there's, like, these three, like, layers of circles that kind of just turn, Mm -hmm. and so, in a lot of the choreography, they're, like, they're walking on the stage, but they're staying in the same spot because the circle's, like, turning, and they incorporate a lot of, like, they incorporate a lot of, like, spinning and, like, you know, walking and like into their like dancing and choreography and it's so good and then like the middle piece mm-hmm. uh drops down and so the stage kind of looks like a donut like a little bit you know what i mean and that, a lot mm-hmm. of that like represents like people going down into the underworld um oh, that's so cool you know what i mean um, you know what i mean <laughs> anyway set design a1 love hadestown would die for it probably 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think it's, like, one of the greatest, like, I, I don't know. I came out of that show so, like, mm-hmm. just amazed by the creativity and the talent and the, like, oh, it's so insane. They created this, like, almost magical world out of an already mythical situation, but it's its own magic. It owns everything in a way that is, like, entirely, like, yes, it is based off of Greek myths, but, like, none of the magic exists in the same way. Like, this kind of circumstances are pretty unique, and they've created such a, uh, like you said, like, the set design and, like, the Mm -hmm. creation of it, and even the music, it's all... Um, not what you would expect from, like, if I, if you were to tell me, like, oh, there's a Greek myth being adapted into a musical, like, I'm thinking some boring shit, like, probably, choirs and, yeah, like, triangles and wind chimes, kind of. (laughs) Literally, it feels very Western, but in a way that, like, isn't aware that poor people exist. But in Hadestown, it's literally, like, it's a class struggle. struggle. It's a um, environmental struggle. Um, Like like you said, like, the wall being built, um, the factory, um, the train, all of it is, like, very well put together. And it's so well woven in a way that makes Mm -hmm. it so unique. And I don't think I've ever seen a Greek myth that was interpreted in modern day in a way that was so bold um and so careless with like not careless but like carefree about how it actually took the source Mm -hmm. material and translated it over like it's the least it's the most compelling way and it's the most dramatic that i've seen and in that way it makes it the most unique um also the music um itself is so different from like typical broadway like songs and music like mm-hmm. it's not very like like uh it's not your there's no shit. <laughs> no it's not it's not like nothing like the golden ages like it's not there's yeah. no like tap dancing there's no like you know it's it's yeah it's like it's there's not even like huge like dance numbers like yeah all the all the choreography like you couldn't even tell is like choreography it just looks like mm-hmm it just, I don't know. It just looks like it's just, they just do it so well. Like, it just looks like regular movements. Right. Um, it's like, that's also like Spring Awakening. Like, it's like a really contemporary approach to like something that is very much like, I am singing and dancing and I, there's like pauses in the music and like a very like traditional kind of Broadway-esque type of m- music making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so it's so I tend good. to vibe more with, like, the contemporary musicals. <laughs> yeah, and also for all you uh, Bonnie Vare hoes out there, um, Ooh. Justin Liz. Vernon was in one of the early productions. <gasps> not productions, but, like, one of the early, like, concept albums of Town. He played Orpheus. Like, what? So, huh? Like, on stage? Uh, I don't know if it was on stage, but he definitely, there's recordings on Spotify. Um, you gotta point me in the, those directions, please. That direction. I mean, just literally just look up Town on Spotify, no. and then you'll see, like... Can oh you just send it? Here we go. Okay. You know, we had Listen. to actually put together a fucking playlist for this bitch to listen to any kind of rap, so I'm not surprised that we have to <coughs> do we, hold her do hand we not to get her to Chance the Rapper something. in Boston? Huh? We did see Chance the Rapper in Boston. We saw Bon Iver and then 
immediately following we saw a chance to rapper that's very true that is wild so, <laughs> also so okay so let me, let's talk about this playlist oh jesus they roped they roped my girlfriend into this and I, it, it was all all my friends liz, liz are, are you gay oh surprise <laughs> it's not a I'm, surprise that's all we I'm talked coming, about last episode i'm coming out on this podcast <laughs> we started this podcast going we're gay Anyway, here are some cryptids. <laughs> Literally. Nessie is a anyway, lesbian. Sapphics going absolutely feral. <laughs> roped, roped my my beloved girlfriend into making this playlist for me. It's just a bunch of rap, which is which is great. But these people are sitting here acting. Okay, so they started a group chat. Literally na- renamed it to Get Liz Into Rap Initiative. Oh Literally God. acting, acting like I have not listened to a singular rap song in my entire life, as if I'm not slapping, throwing ass to broccoli <laughs> every day of my life. Throwing ass to broccoli. Holy shit! Is that Lil Yachty? No, I don't think. So. I think I don't know. No, Drap. Sorry. The song's not even that good. It just um, screams like sophomore year of college to me. <laughs> I mean, that's why I think I like it so much. <laughs> it's like those those uh, those fall semester 2016 memories really coming back. Really I'm being thrown it. back to uh, St. John's, like near those basketball courts by Monty's, where they would literally just blast music. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that and uh, Big Sean bounce back. Oh my god. Same same type of feral energy. Jesus fucking Christ. I, okay, wait, I'm the one who roped everyone in, and I'm the one who got your girlfriend involved, because I was like, (laughs) I literally texted Anne, and this was the genesis of it all, and I went, Liz only listens to shit when you share it with her, so you gotta put this (laughs) together. (laughs) I mean, And she goes, okay. Yeah, she... She felt, was so honored, honestly, that she was included. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that Aaron texted me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that is really sweet. Also, why do these people think I don't listen to rap? <laughs> you just, your two prime examples have been Broccoli and Bounce Back by Big Sean. So Big your Sean. case is really on some fucking thin-ass ice. <laughs> okay, but, like... I don't listen to jazz. Are you gonna get? You're gonna start a get Liz into jazz initiative? It's not about the getting you into every genre of music. It's just the fact that like, uh, it, uh, not what, enough that of that your I'm music stubborn? is, uh, rap. And also, I have talked to both Deirdre and Anne and to get enough of a sense that they also want you to listen to more rap. So this is just in everyone's best interests. And, oh, like, right, not to be, like, you, you like, say anything about your taste, because you have impeccable taste. Um, <sighs> but oh. we're just actually trying to bring you down to our level, if anything. <laughs> so you're trying to make my taste shit, is what you're saying? No, I'm kidding. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say your fucking ass, piece. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Literally sucking my ass. You're <laughs> but... <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is the worst episode that we are. <laughs> this is the most horrible. <laughs> audibly challenging. Okay. But I listened to the playlist. I listened to the playlist. It was good. It did. Okay, yeah. I'll ask. I'll ask this question later. But yeah. Um. Uh, on the topic of 
musicals, which is what we were supposed to be talking about. Oh, yeah, um, the question that we had, well, actually, Heather, is there anything else mm. that you want to bring up about Hadestown before we jump into our questions? Um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. What's your favorite song? Hadestown. Oh my God, I can't even choose, but I would say, um, one of my few favorites is "Hey Little Songbird." which is when Hades and Eurydice first meet and he's trying to convince her to uh, take the deal and go down into Hades town with her because he's like, it's, it's okay. Listen, Patrick page who plays Hades has the deepest voice I've ever fucking heard. And he plays like such a creepy man so well because his voice goes, his voice is so, so deep. Like, the first time I heard it, which is when I saw the show, I peed. <laughs> a lot or a little? No, so. I didn't pee. But I metaphorically peed myself because it was just so unexpected. Like I didn't, I didn't know that voice was gonna come out of him. Um, anyway, "Hey Little Songbird" is a really good song. He's, you know, trying to convince you to see like why are you still here with Orpheus? Like, you're literally starving. He doesn't give a fuck because he wants to write this perfect song and he's betraying you because in your wedding vows, he said he would never let you live like this and here you are living like this. Come be with me. I'll take care of you. Like, let's go. And so Eurydice's part in this song is really good too, like vocally, just because I'm a slut for Eva. Um <laughs> great song she's like orpheus like where are you like i don't want to do this but i might have to because i'm so hungry and um it's just like it's really good um so that's a really good song also um probably chant one and also chant two um those songs focus on uh hades being down in the underworld um just kind of singing about the underworld i don't know it's kind of hard to explain if you don't have like the full context of the show but um anyway they slap (laughs) incredible Um, yeah fucking hades town is incredible um i want to see it so badly what the cast like it's insane everybody's so talented oh my god yeah um and to wrap up we have a question to answer. So if we were to create a Franken musical out of the three musicals that we all pick, congratulations, everyone, on picking the most depressing-ass fucking <laughs> musicals that are out. <laughs> Literally um, the three saddest musicals in the world. Okay, what would this be? It could be... What would it be? Phantom of the Springtown. Wow. Yeah, I love it. You know, people are going to think that we planned this, but actually, no, Heather is just a fucking genius. Or um, it could be, um, uh, Hades Spring Opera. Hades Spring Opera. <laughs> I'd see it. <laughs> the most depressing musical out. <laughs> Hades Opera Awakening. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good Ooh. one, too. Ooh. Hades Opera Awakening. We have to stand. <laughs> um now which Tony would Hades Opera Awakening win? Um Best Book. Um <laughs> <it's> all depressing. 
um best book um best uh lead actor in a musical if patrick page is playing uh well i guess supporting actor he's not really a lead um best musical period best musical period <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of all the other categories I don't know any I don't, categories uh, there's so many there's like best lighting design best set design best yeah. costumes I, I don't think we would win any of those because I'm thinking about it and I'm like the three aesthetics like pre 19 like fucking dead ass like 18th century uh, or not 18th century but 19th century Germany um, a French no, opera No, we could house. literally, we could win best set design. Um, I think so. Phantom of the Opera has really good set design. and so It does, but it clashes with Town, doesn't it? But just, no, 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 if you put them together, it should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an opera house in the underworld. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Oh, that would slap. Okay, yes. Never mind. You'll have to yeah. include a barn from... Mm. Yeah, where everyone gets fucking okay. raped. Okay. The, we'll the, rape barn. the ensemble in this musical can be all the angsty teenagers. <laughs> all the angsty, horny teenagers from Spring. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Singing opera. The Phantom will be so jealous of Hades for uh, the power that he has over everybody. Being um, the angstiest boy. I mean, I you could argue that Hades and the Phantom of the Opera are essentially the same because they Hades lives in the underworld and the Phantom of the Opera lives in this like cave system underneath the Opera House. You can make that so. analogy because when at the end, like Christine is leaving, he's like, "Turn away and don't look back and like save yourself, like it, yeah, go now before it's too late, like kind of thing." Also, isn't his like basement on fire when she's leaving? Uh, yeah. Or was that just the opera house? I can't remember. Uh, it it's because the people are rioting. Um, and like he had this whole plan to like blow up the whole opera house. So yeah, like basically everything's on fire. Also, off track, but one more thing about Hades Town. Um, I also really like how they um included the fates in this. Yes. Um, harmonies on point. Also, I love that they play instruments while they're singing. In um, pretty iconic. They got the violin, they got the accordion, all while they're perfect harmonizing with each other. Ugh, iconic. Anyway, that was the last thing. We absolutely <laughs> stan. Um, thank you for creating this Franken musical with us and sharing. Hades Town. This was so exciting. You also gave a lot of technical knowledge and insight that I didn't end up going into, and like Liz, Liz and I, I did didn't not touch into. But it, I'm glad yeah. that you had included the those details because it really did help, like me to get a better understanding of Hades Town than I even knew. So I really, I really like that part um, that you had included. And there's like a lot there that like goes into it. Like it's not just like singing and dancing. Like there's the entire set like actually like you said giving them costumes um mm -hmm. and putting that all together and like making sure that it all fits to the tone of the story and what's going on and there's just like so much that goes into it um that we really don't see until like it comes into the final product but like you said mm -hmm. like Hades Town has been in production for so long so there's a lot behind the scenes to be appreciated um and understood on like a 
on, on a greater level, especially as it jumps from theater to theater and kind of evolves into something um, whole for uh, Broadway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you um, know a lot. Rachel Chafkin, who is the director of Hadestown, um, is involved in a musical adaptation of Moby Dick. <gasps> Literally... I know what? nothing about it. I, I truly know nothing about it. I only know that <laughs> its title is Moby Dick and that she's the director of it. And I trust her with my entire life. Is it so, based on the the novel? I, I, I have no idea. But they had their out-of-town tryouts in uh, Boston. For those who don't know, um, out-of-town tryouts for Broadway shows basically is like what it sounds. They will do a production outside of New York to test it and see how it does in that audience. And um, they'll usually like, you know, change it up a little from a little or a lot based whatever, if it transfers to Broadway, but um, they did their out of town uh, production in Boston recently. It closed a few weeks ago and um, I heard it was great. So if it has a Broadway transfer, I am definitely going to see it. Ooh. Well, let us yeah. know. Keep us posted. Um, and yeah, thank yeah. you so much for, for joining us on today's episode of Retrograde. Um, this oh, my God, wild. Doug. I could talk about musicals forever. We'll probably have a part two because I know that while I was looking into, like, researching for this, I was, like, having to whittle down my list and going, like, oh, I would love to talk about this, but we <laughs> oh, only want to bring in one. So, um until we kind of, I guess, burn through some more topics, I'm sure we're going to have another episode, and you're more than welcome to join every single musical episode that we have. Amazing. The rule is, is that it has to be happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, literally, we picked so that three not, tragedies, so. Literally I, would, I would talk about the prom. Oh there you go. God. <laughs> my gay heart. Cry because it's wholesome. All of our collective gay heart. <laughs> we are all gay here. <laughs> Thank you for joining our gay podcast. <laughs> All it is. Of course, our gay podcast episode is because, is the musical one. Fucking <laughs> stereotypical ass gays. I hate us. Oh my god. I love it. All uh, right. Anyways, All right. join us next week where we talk about comics slash yeah, what is next week? graphic novels. No, 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 that's not next week. Oh, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're talking about Webkins. Fuck, oh I fucked that up. I'm so sorry. Well, spoiler for the, not next one, but the one afterwards. Shit. Keep you, keep you interested. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> Webkins. Well, what, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Okay, so, okay, so not just Webkins. Next week, we're going to be talking about websites that we were absolutely feral for. As uh, children. As children, so like towards the end of elementary school to the beginning of middle school. This is going to be so fun. I cannot wait. You're a genius, Liz. I can't wait to expose my absolute Webkin's addiction. (laughs) (laughs) It it scares me so much, and I'm excited for us to unveil that. So see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.